The OneStream Global Education Services team proudly presents the OneStream Podcast with your host, Peter Fugere. Greetings, fellow OneStreamers, and welcome to the OneStream Podcast, where we explore and examine all things OneStream, talk to experts in the industry, and gain knowledge from some of the brightest minds that help deliver and implement solutions for our clients. This episode is part of the OneStream Expert Series, where we explore and examine the fundamental concepts, tools, and topics surrounding OneStream. And as always, I'm excited to bring this discussion and grateful to welcome Jeremy Gutman, Senior Vice President of Product and Engineering, and Ryan Berry, Senior Vice President of Architecture. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thanks, Peter. Today, we're going to talk about OneStream 8.0. This is a major release for us, and there's all kinds of new features and enhancements um, to what we have, and I'm really excited to talk about it today. What's special about this release? Sure. Thanks, Peter. Let, let me jump in and start. You know, 8.0 is a, a significant uh, release for us as we think about the trajectory and the course that OneStream is on. When we think about the future and we think about where where we're going and the technology and the platform we want to deliver, 8.0 represents the first major shift in that trajectory and that technology modernization. So when we think of 8.0, first and foremost, we think about aligning ourselves on a trajectory for the future and for the future of where the platform is going. That's a, that's a lot, Jeremy. What is that? When, when you say like we're changing the trajectory, what in the core of the product, I mean, what's really changing? Like the consolidation engine, that that's not changing, right? Like what what's different now? What's, what should clients look forward to? As we first, I guess, look back, on where we've come from. The foundational development environment and the development platform for OneStream is critical. It's critical to the features that we can deliver, the performance, the deployment. There's a number of different aspects. And so when we say we're changing the trajectory, really at a very low level in our platform, we're changing that development capabilities and what we can deliver. And we're doing that with overhauling our .NET infrastructure. And that's really the lower level foundational piece. And we've been using .NET ever since the beginning. So using .NET isn't the change, but really the change is as we go forward, we're moving to uh, a modern version of .NET, and that's going to open up many, many more uh, opportunities for deployment, for cross-platform, a number of different areas. And what does it really boil down to? It means that as we're overhauling that and and delivering this new version, we're going to be able to deliver a better more performant, more scalable user experience. And that's really what we're focused on. Yeah, that, that's a really big deal when you think about it. Um, you know, providing capacity on demand, like there's a lot of things our customers have been clamoring for um, that we've been unable to provide, you know, from some some technical obstacles we had to overcome. And, and this really sets us up for being able to get to to the point where we can achieve some of these, these, uh, these goals that we have. So it's, it's a, a front runner for a lot of that capability that we're we're looking to deliver. And Peter, you you mentioned, you know, we're not changing the consolidation engine. We're not changing the, how we calculate, how we compute. The stage engine performs, right? The, the, the functional com- components and how the platform operates, you're right. That's, that's not changing. Like we see that constant. We see that mo- moving forward. It's, it's really this lower level uh, uh, development environment. And it's a significant change in that other companies and other products, you know, you might think of maybe we should start over, right? Maybe we should do a, a you know, kind of a whole new and entirely new platform. That wasn't the approach that we were looking for. It's not the approach that we were looking to take. We wanted to keep the functionality 
um, all the capabilities that we provide, we wanted to keep that constant. And below the level of, of what's visible to the user, we wanted to change that layer and we wanted to provide a path forward for our customers. So they leverage what they've built, they leverage the configuration they have, that all carries forward and we can provide kind of an underlying evolution of the .NET infrastructure that meets them with their current implementations, right? We, we, don't, we don't want to lose what the customers have developed and we don't want to create uh, a situation where there's a lot of friction for us to continue to partner with our customers and move forward together. And if you think about, you know, the whole analogies of, you know, the the iceberg and what you see is, you know, the top of it, you know, our user interface and interactions our customers have is, you know, through our clients, you know, whether it be our desktop client, Excel and, and so on. Um, and there's a lot of stuff under that water. You know, the, the iceberg is much, much bigger than, and there's a lot of uh, plumbing and infrastructure that is in place to support that customer experience. And we're looking to make some, you know, material changes to benefit the, the you know our, our customers and you know this is this is a you know a great step forward so ryan you you talked about actually having resources on demand uh vis-a-vis you know one stream within the application right uh, but maybe maybe before we talk about some stuff with roadmap which i'm fascinated what what this is going to open up for possibilities or enhancements we can look forward to with the product why don't we talk about what's new in this release um, why don't we start with some of the, let's start with the journal and workflow enhancements. What, what's, what's going on there that's interesting? That's a great question, because while we're changing these other pieces with regards to .NET, there are significant functional enhancements. So um, with, with regards to workflow and journals, it's an area that we've been investing in for quite some time. It's something we hear about time and time again from customers looking to do more. Uh, we hear about it with the uh, feedback on IdeaStream. So this is an area that we've been dialed into um, directly as we talk to our customers. And so the overall importance in kind of the area of focus is how do we make um, security first and foremost and the end user capabilities, those guardrails, how do we enrich them within their journals process, right? We wanted to provide the ability for our customers to perform the journals uh, and, and the journaling needs for their business, but they needed to make sure that there was certain segregation of duties um, and that a user that could post a journal can also approve it. So we, 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 we looked at how do we enrich our security and our compliance area in journals first and foremost, so that we can meet more customer use cases. And this is a specific area within journals, again, that I mentioned before that we've heard a lot of feedback about. In addition, we wanted to make it easier as you're entering and working in your journals process. So how do we facilitate copying journals, making that easier? How do we make it easier to validate um, and ensure that the, the person working in the journals has all of the self-service capabilities, again, like copying and making a new one um, and being able to have a more seamless experience. Uh, the other area is how do you make journals more intuitive? Uh, and so, you know, in, in some ways, smaller changes by, you know, enabling member descriptions to be visible. So it's just easier and quicker to look at your journals, understand what's happening in the different items, and just work through that process and all, all around improve that ease of use and that, that, that experience. You know, there's, it sounds like there's some other uh, just ease of use, quality of life enhancements I like to think of them as. And there's one I'm really excited about, the business rule undo. Like, I think that's Fantastic. Are there other ones that 
that users should be looking for? Are there things people should be, uh, or are they just a lot of general things from IdeaStream that have been that uh, you guys have been able to get into this release? Well, it's a little bit of both, and and you're right. Some of the, the the little things sometimes have the biggest impact, right? Being able to do that confirm with the undo for business rules. Another area is in data management, right? It's a very simple thing, but when you were uh, uh, creating things, if you spelled it wrong and you needed to rename, you had to remove it and do it again. It was just kind of, the, and it, frankly, an annoyance. Um, so that's an area where just small little usability changes that you can now rename it. You don't have to remove it. Um, and the ability to kind of copy objects. Um, and again, because you can rename, you can reuse more. So it's it, it, there are a number of these usability uh, uh, enhancements that, again, come directly from our customers and oftentimes directly from IdeaStream. In fact, those items with data management, uh, rename, copy, and business rule all came directly from IdeaStream. You know, it looks like there's a couple actually significant enhancements, too. I'm talking about identity server and the smart integration connector. Um, why don't we talk about those? What, what First, what is identity server, for example? And, and why, as a customer, would I be interested in this? Yeah, I could, I could take that, Peter. Uh, so OneStream Identity Server OIS, um, I might deferred it uh, in, in, in both uh, both contexts, it is is our, our infrastructure that we have in place to be able to allow us to meet our customers where they are when it comes to their identity solutions. You know, we might have customers using a variety of, it may be even simultaneously using a variety of different um, platforms for authorization and authenticating their users, you know, whether it be uh, Active Directory or Ping or Okta. Um, so, and we've had, again, actually, this is uh, interesting to, to uh, you know, Jeremy's note on, on feedback we've had from customers through IdeaStream and other channels where customers want to be able to have the ability to support multiple different um, you know identity platforms maybe they've they've acquired another organization that uses a different identity provider um, so we wanted to be able to provide in a self-service way uh, tooling for their IT and security uh, resources to be able to configure those identity providers in one stream and and just make it a seamless transition for their users to be able to get into into our platform got it so that that's going to help with scalability on on security I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and 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 also, you know, make it, uh, you know, reduce a lot of the, the the friction involved in, you know, in support calls in uh, involving, you know, support here at OneStream to be able to make those configuration changes. We can now empower, you know, the customer, uh, and specifically customers' IT and security uh, resources to be able to make those those configuration changes as needed, uh, in accordance with whatever you know their their uh, you know their situation is with their and posture and, and, and uh, products that they use in, in the security landscape. That's interesting. So one of the things I think about when I think about OneStream, I mean, we've, we've got this really strong legacy of data integration. And, and I've always thought of that as a strength with OneStream. What is Smart Integration Connector? What, what's, what was the change that was needed there? Yeah, so, so um, you know, what Smart Integration Connector... Uh, allows our customers to do is be able to reach back into their on-premises environments uh, to be able to obtain, you know, source system data for the purposes of loading into OneStream or perhaps being able to drill back and engage with that data 
um, you know, looking at, at reports in, in inside of one stream. Uh, you know, previously that sort of integration required a a more tightly coupled scenario involving you know virtual private network tunnels between the customer's infrastructure and the one stream infrastructure. Um, you know, that had um, again from customer feedback that had some some security uh, challenges. You know, with 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 some of our our very security minded customers, and it required a lot of you know, being quite frank, it required a lot of, of stuff to be put into place by, you know, network engineers, both at one stream as well as in a customer's environment. So what Smart Integration Connector does is allows customers to be able to facilitate that level of integration um, by just simply deploying a Windows service inside of the environments that we want to or that they wish to reach into, you know, obtain data from. So it provides a, you know, one-way secure path for that data to be able to um, you know, be be pulled into one stream, uh, and and also gives the customer complete and absolute control over what those underlying data sources are. So you know that's another area uh, of concern. If you notice these themes both at OIS and with SIC, that we you know we're, we're providing uh, you know the customer control over these you know sensitive security related uh, items you know, involving, you know, either authenticating users or as we just talked about with OIS or getting data from their, from within their infrastructure with SIC. So in both scenarios, you know, very, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the customer has full and complete control over, over that, that level of integration and, and configuration. And if, if I just kind of add on a, uh, to what Ryan's saying, there's, there's tremendous overhead with, you know, the way it was being done uh, historically, both for OneStream, but also really for our customers. So what we delivered here and what Ryan and team delivered is it's functionally rich, stage loads, drill back, right? So it's got all the functional features without the overhead, right? Functionally rich, ha half the fat, right? We can now go to, go to our customers where they want to be, how they want to connect, and it's frictionless, it's easy, uh, uh, and, and again, gives them all the functionality that they're looking for. And using the acquisition example I, I used with OIS, like if, in that using that as another example or launchpad, if a customer is growing through acquisition or has another entity that they want to pull into into their one stream deployment, they can do so easily without all of the overhead of setting up a VPN tunnel. They just simply you know deploy you know a small piece of infrastructure, you know deploy your agent on it, and lo and behold, they can they can integrate with it. So this release, it's more secure. The underlying architecture is is set up for a lot of exciting future enhancements. Um, I mean, 8.0 sounds like it's sort of the springboard for some really exciting things. It, is there anything from the roadmap you guys would be willing to share that might be interesting to a client that if they're thinking, hey, what, you know, I want to move to 8.0 or not, like this is something that's coming that they might really, they might really be excited about. Yeah. Well, we, we say that 8.0 is really the gateway to the future. Right. And we say that because of what's of what's coming in, what's what's planned. And so as customers are thinking about, you know, moving to 8.0, right, what what you'll get post that move is you'll get a move. You'll 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 see more delivered in dynamic scaling over the next 12 to 18 months. You'll see that we'll move from the, the a conversation where you want to scale up and it's a dialogue and we're talking about what the needs are, you'll see in the next 12 to 18 months that we'll be able to scale that environment up automatically. The conversations today, when we talk about changes, like we'll talk about, well, what is this impact? Should I plan for some downtime? Uh, so I impact users. As we go forward in the next 12 to 18 months, 
it'll happen and users will not need to know. They'll not need to know what's happening from a scaling perspective. So some of the, when, when Ryan mentioned earlier about dynamic scaling, this is one area where you think about your user experience. You don't have to think about it as much. You won't be impacted, decreased downtime. So those are some of the, you know, kind of first and foremost benefits that you can look for uh, in, in the next 12 to 18 months. And, and, and you know, historically it's been, it's been you know, it's involved a lot of, um, additional support effort on the one stream side to be able to make those sorts of scaling changes. Uh, and, and, you know, imagine a world where, you know, you end of a quarter and you've got a bunch of data management jobs that, that, that need to run or, or, um, and, you know, infrastructure can react to that and, and provide, you know, facilities to be able to maybe run more than what you've historically been able to run on, on VM based infrastructure. So, so there, you know, so, so some really cool things that we're you know looking into that crystal ball again kind of future facing statements but that's really what we're trying to tee us up to be able to deliver if if you think about back to what ryan was was um discussing around identity server and ois right so there there were a number of benefits and ryan laid them out but if you think about that as a foundation for going forward right ois gives us greater capability and flexibility when we talk about security and exchanging information with other third-party applications and so now that we have OIS there, and it's generally available as of 8.0, what you'll see again in the next 12 to 18 months, you'll see us integrating with more third-party applications. You'll see that integration get easier, be more self-service, right? There's a, a concept called personal access tokens that is part of uh, this new identity server infrastructure. And it's a key piece for how we think about integrating with things like Power BI and other third-party applications. So you see we're really, in 8.0, we kind of call it foundational. This is an example of another foundational piece that's going to make it easier and open up more doors as we think about third-party applications. Yeah, it really is a culmination of, you know, probably two, two and a half plus years of engineering effort and planning. Uh, and this is this is kind of the, you know, the the, the bringing, bringing together of a lot of those ideas and concepts to tee up, you know, for what some of these, you know, projected, you know, plans are. So, so it's a, you know, it's a, it's a milestone release for sure. So that's exciting. So uh, I'm a customer, I'm sold. I'm, I'm going to upgrade. I want to be ready for the future with 8.0. Um, let's talk about the upgrade process. I said it was a major release. Um, and, but that, you know, that could be a relative term. I mean, I've worked with other products and when we got a major release, it was months of work to upgrade. Um, what, how do you guys see the upgrade process now? What should people be thinking? And maybe let's and maybe let's start with two. Like, what what do people need to do to be prepared? Like, they want to they want to upgrade. What are the things they should focus on? Maybe that's a great question. So, first and foremost, um, what you want to do is you want to leverage one community. Uh, we've got a lot of a assets out out there that you can learn about what eight eight is. There's videos. Uh, there are navigator courses to explain the release differences. So there's a lot of education that you can do. And I just want to give a quick plug to our fantastic work com coming out of our G GES team and, um, you know, the power of, of the community. Um, but what we've done with the overall upgrade process, because 8.0 is a little different, right? Um, we wanted to make sure, first and foremost, that customers are prepared. So when we look at the 8.0 release, we're, we're partnering with customer success and our, our customers as the tip of the initial discussions on what 8.0 means and starting to have those dialogues. We want, we want customers to have the right expectations. 
um, and 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 go into this engagement un understanding you know what what the work is needed. Part of that process with customer success is is specific for our SaaS customers is we created a uh, utility to aid in the the um, readiness and upgrade process. And that utility will help go through your application and examine some of the potential uh, upgrade steps and you know changes that may be needed. So at a little lower level, what does that mean? It means we'll look at your business rules. And if there is a change needed to your business rule as a result of the .NET framework update, we'll let you know what that is. And as we've gone through this and we've looked at all of our customers' environments to get a sense of what that might look like, we've identified their primary you know, patterns of changes that would be needed. And again, that's documented on one community and it's available. And so we'll use uh, this utility to talk to customers, help explain what the impact you know, could be and help them understand what the, the effort uh, uh, is required. And all of that is before you actually start the migration phase. We're really leaning into, we want people to understand what the impact might be before they act. And I'll also say some of the test customers that we've partnered with, some customers, there's no impact. You know, candidly, a lot of these customers, they're looking at the output of this utility and they're finding they're ready to go. So. We're, we're, we're candidly over communicating on the preparation because we want people to have the right expectation. But so far, our experience has been customers are not seeing significant impacts. Yeah, it sounds like a daunting and, and big change, you know, that going to a, a, a much different flavor of, of some of the underpinnings, you know, the runtime, the .NET runtime is used to compile business roles. Um, but the reality is, you know, as Jeremy indicated, that some customers have gone through this, you know, in a very friction-free environment, and and a lot of the the challenges have to do with, um, uh, and maybe providing a little bit of a context, a contextual background here, that um, the version of .NET that we're we're um, we're moving to is able to run in Windows environments and Mac OS, and and um, not to say that we have clients that support Mac OS. I, I don't have to provide any any any. Uh, um, any misconception there, as well as Linux, and why that's significant and, and noteworthy um, to to state, it's a lot stricter. The compilers are are more strict on understanding what the developer's intent is. So there are some things specifically in the Visual Basic programming language that allow developers to be more lax because the compiler could infer what you were trying to do. And in the .NET 6 world, it's much more strict and you have to be you know, ex explicit with some things around you know, like converting types and that sort of thing. Um, so those are the types of things that tend to come up, but they're very nuanced with .NET programming languages and quite frankly would be an issue of, you know, you had scripting that you had built in .NET framework 4.8 and you're moving to .NET 6, like those sorts of challenges you'd have to, you know, accommodate anyway in, in that sort of, of situation. So so it's not, um, but some customers don't have any of these scenarios and it's just been a non-issue. And to help make, make some of this clear, some of the other things that we've done to support and enable customers with this release is we've created uh, version 8 office hours. And so this is a, a set schedule published on one community where you customers, partners can come and hear from a panel of our experts. And those experts are folks from our support team, from our remote consulting team, the product and engineering organization, across the whole you know, uh, one stream team, we brought together those experts and we have them. We have them available to ask them questions, 
and 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 you know get 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 some of the answers or if you don't have a question but you want to hear more customers partners can come and just listen in so the office hours was an, is another opportunity where we're looking at having that conversation with customers and par- partners trying to be responsive and make sure everyone un- understands so it sounds like one community is a great resource if you're thinking about 80 like you need to be on there and 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 getting some information and and getting in those office hours Absolutely. Um, Peter, I couldn't have said it it better. It's just it's a tremendous resource. And we've really put a lot more uh, focus on it as a as a mechanism to communicate with the whole ecosystem. And then uh, in um, you know, we talked a lot about business rule migration. And then, you know, we have, you know, some customers using VPN for integrations. You know, we talked about smart integration connector. Uh, being generally available with 8.0 also. Um, and, you know, we have, you know, resources available to help with that. Um, but also that effort isn't as painful as one would think. You know, in a lot of scenarios, you know, if it's just accessing a relational database over VPN, uh, you can convert that to using certain integration connectors. So we were very purposeful and thoughtful in our approach and how we designed that to be able to make it um, you know, not as as significant of a change to be able to move or shift from using a, a, a VPN tunnel today to using smart integration connector tomorrow. Um, and, and in fact, even, you know, in, in, in pre-80 environments, those, inf- those two uh, connectivity technologies can coexist simultaneously to help customers ease that migration, you know, to be able to kind of shift, you know, s- some of those connections that, and integrations from using VPN to using SIC. While while there's there are some things that we're doing new uh, and different as we you know increase the the, the one community um, and with this 8.0 release some things are the same and I just wanted to call those out right we've always been attuned to our customer needs your customers business processes and they choose when they upgrade right if if the the cycle for your upgrade is not at this moment in, in time and it kind of moves out that's okay right that has always been the case we want you to. Uh, look at the software we're delivering, align it with your business process, and then ex- execute f- uh, um, forward. So if 8.0 from a timing perspective isn't it, and you're talking 8.1 or 8.2 or something, all of that is still exactly the same as we've always operated. It's really the version of 8, be it 8.1 or, or future, just has a lot of these fantastic enhancements and changes as i talked about putting us on this other trajectory so you got to find the alignment you don't have to go to 80 in order to go to 81 right so those those things that you've known about one stream right those haven't changed every upgrade um and it, it not related to 80 at all but every upgrade um it always seems marketplace solutions need special attention and not necessarily the solutions it's when people get into customization of those solutions. So what kind of impacts are you expecting? Is it, is it going to be about the same? Like if you have marketplace customizations, are you going to have to take a look at those and, and, and make sure that they're, uh, you know, that they're, or will this utility help validate those as well? Well, cer- certainly we leverage the utility, you know, for our own, you know, needs. And we frankly looked at our own marketplace solutions, right? And so of the 56 marketplace solutions out there, what we found is there are a handful uh, that that needed updates. Uh, and so we made those updates and we made those changes and th- those are available in line with 8.0. But to your question about customization, 
it's yeah, it's really the same. It's the same conversation that uh, that we've had pre 8.0 that we're going to have post 8.0. Uh, is if you've made some customizations, we're going to have to look at those. And in that way, it's really no different than any other business rule change. And so the utility that we've been discussing, we leverage the same utility with customers to take a look at their business rules. And if there's a customization change that they need to look at because of tighter enforcement, as Ryan was talking about uh, with .NET 6, yeah. That's the conversation. So we really, there, there's no impact, if you will. It's, it's, it's the same uh, business as usual, as I like to call it, um, when you look at business rule and solution customization yesterday, as will it be for tomorrow. And what kind of testing is required? I mean, are, are companies going to need to have multiple applications or multiple environments? Or how, what kind of testing should they do or should they plan for with, uh, with ADO? It's a good question. So what we've done as part of the overall process, right? We talked already a bit about kind of the preparation and, you know, kind of seeking understanding and learning, but the actual migration phase itself will, uh, for our SaaS customers involve a new environment stood up uh, next to your existing uh, uh, infrastructure. Your application will be moved there. You'll perform your testing there. You'll look at the output from this utility and any you know, uh, uh, remediation steps you'll do in this 8.0 environment. And so we'll work with you in this new 8.0 environment to understand and make the changes that you need. Then we'll schedule your final cutover. And then these new 8 environments become what you go forward with. Uh, there's one final move, and then we we get rid of the, the old environments. Yeah, we're trying to do what we can to give you time to understand if there are any changes, right? Again, not, not everyone's going to see, you know, items that have to be uh, addressed, but we'll give you time to do that in a separate environment uh, and then you can operate uh, as you need. Great, guys. Is there anything else you want to add to this? I think that, you know, our customers and partners should be excited about, you know, the, the what the future holds for some of the innovations we talked about and look at ADO as really being, uh, uh, you know, stepping stone and, you know, t- towards that that new, new future. Uh, and hopefully some of the conversations and, and benefits that we, we talked about you know, we'll, we'll, uh, um, you know, kind of diminish a, you know, any sort of perception that it's a, you know, daunting exercise. And we're trying to do all that we can, you know, through the course of, you know, material on one community, uh, you know, through, you know, some of the, the, the partnership and engagement with customers jointly to be able to help them be successful in NATO uh, through providing environments for them to be able to validate things. You know, if you look at all of those things combined, like, you know, we're doing all that we can to be able to make this a, a really friction-free experience for our customers. It seems like there's a lot of support out there for everybody. Yeah, we've we've certainly tried to uh, put what 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 is needed in place, and honestly, we're still listening to customers and making sure that we got it right uh, and looking for more feedback. There's a ton more features and functionality in 8.0 as well. Um, we made a tremendous step forward with our investment in workspaces and what that's going to open up. Uh, with a lot new functionality with how you build dashboards and you can do it more uh, uh, um, cleanly with less maintenance. Uh, our browser UX is available now um, to customers that want to join our early access program with 8.0. And we've made that program now available to SaaS customers as well as hosted customers. There is a ton of functionality uh, and capabilities in 8.0. Uh, we're really excited about it, both for all of the features and functionality we talked about with 8.0, but really, you know, where where we're going to go. And as I use the word trajectory, 
it puts us on this trajectory of where we're, you know, what we'll be able to do as we march forward and you're going to see it. And it's not far off. You know, as we talked about, it's, you know, it's 12 to 18 months. You'll see this additional capability start to roll out and it's going to open doors in, in many new ways. So our customers can tackle kind of new, varied and different use cases. It's just really exciting uh, um, re release and kind of the gateway to where we want to go next. Another great discussion. Thank you so much for bringing your expertise to the podcast today. And thank you, fellow OneStreamers, for joining us. Remember, if you like this content, please don't forget to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out at podcast at onestreamsoftware.com. I look forward to bringing you another exciting podcast. And until then, take care, and I'll see you next time on the OneStream Podcast. The OneStream Podcast is brought to you by the OneStream Global Education Services team.